Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America. But this story is still unfolding. I'm Andrea Smartin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Welcome back to Live Mike. I am Lee Lonsberry. We're going to spend some time speaking to a candidate here in this segment. We're going to be speaking with Bob Stevenson, former mayor of Layton and now Davis County Commissioner. He'd like your vote to represent Utah's first congressional district in Congress. Rob Bishop has made it known that he will not be seeking re-election, and there are a long list of individuals who uh, feel they are the best qualified to represent the good people in Utah's first congressional district. I have a special connection to that district. I, uh, before taking up the helm of this radio program here, before coming a talk, becoming a talk show host, uh, my job was working out in Washington, D.C. on behalf of Congressman Bishop, uh, doing what I could to serve the people of Utah's first congressional district. So I'm paying special attention to this race, and I am thankful to Mr. Stevenson for making himself available now. Sir, how are you? I'm doing very well, Lee. How are you? Uh, I'm doing all right. Uh, how goes the campaign? You know, we feel we feel pretty good about it. We're uh, uh, gearing up now for the primary after the convention and uh, getting all of our stuff together, and we'll be starting to hit things pretty hard towards the end of the week, and it will run pretty strong for the next uh, eight weeks. You qualified for the primary ballot after having gathered the requisite number of signatures. What's the case you make to those primary voters why you should receive the party's nomination? Well, I believe that with my uh, past experience, and again, I'm going to point out, I'm, I'm somewhat of an outsider in a sense, because actually my career was uh, in the food industry, where I worked in a, uh, for a large corporation, Nestle, and uh, my government experience has actually almost been a hobby the last uh, six years since I retired early and uh, had the opportunity to be able to mix a little bit of that government leadership back with my Nestle leadership, which I believe definitely... Uh, kind of makes me stand out amongst the other candidates with what I'm able to do. Um, I believe also one of the things that's very important that I've learned uh, definitely not only at the uh, city but also at the county that I've served here in is the uh, understanding of the economics, uh, what makes things grow, what makes uh, turn that business on and to basically keep that economy humming along. Talk to me about uh, Hill Air Force Base, sir. There are many reasons to believe that Hill is here to stay. I think that those are very good reasons. The strategic value uh, the the base offers to the United States military, to the Department of Defense, are all good reasons for why the base should be safeguarded against, say, a BRAC closure. Uh, but it is always good to have a defender standing there at the gates in the member of Congress representing that district. Uh, talk to me about your views uh, on, on Hill Air Force Base and why you would be a good defender of the base. Well, first of all, I think everybody has to understand is that uh, Hill is, a, is the economic engine. It's the gorilla as far as the economics go in, in uh, you know, really a, a lot of the state, especially the northern part of the state. And we have to be able to defend it. I think that uh, it's easy for some people to make comments about the fact that they support the military, but it's also understanding not only the military, but what makes it run. Uh, defending Hill is not just about uh, Hill is a large corporation, and you have to realize that that corporation has to continue to grow. 
uh, you don't want to lose business. There's, I believe, over 50 missions up there. A lot of people associate it simply as the uh, you know, the F-35s, but uh, there are a lot of big missions that uh, sit on that base up there that bring a lot of dollars into this into this economy. And having an understanding of that is also helps you to be able to fight for things. Uh, you know, I know dang well that uh, it's very important that I get on that Armed Services Committee. Uh, that is one of the committees that has to be there. And uh, hopefully it's a, it's one of the plum ones that people want to be on. Hopefully my background and experience that I've had up a hill will you know, help me to be able to move on to that committee after uh, Congressman Bishop leaves. Uh, I'm glad you brought up that point, the importance of a position on the House Armed Services Committee. Uh, it, it's, it's not often shared, the fact that uh, Congressman Bishop currently is the only member of Utah's entire federal delegation who has a spot on an Armed Services Committee. He is Utah's only representation on both the House uh, and Armed Services uh, uh, Committee. It's a fascinating thing, and the point you bring up uh, is a good one. I'm glad you did it. Let me ask you this. Uh, real quickly, uh, Donald Trump, doing a good job or a bad job? Uh, I think the president's doing a good job. Uh, I think that if you turn around and look and, and see what's taken place in the last you know, almost three and a half years, you know, this country's turned around. Now, none of us expected this COVID-19 to uh, come into place. And I mean, I can take myself uh, with the experience that I had, you know, working for, the, for Nestle and also the, my government experience. I have never dealt with anything like this. Uh, here at the county, uh, we're right in the middle of it, dealing with uh, what's taking place in Davis County. And you know what? It's been hard to reach back and try to find anything that I've done to be able to, you know, match the, how you would handle this. And I think this is true of everybody at every level, including the president. Some have been critical of him for his handling of it. Uh, I think that we have to turn around and realize we are all in, uh, in this country, this world, actually, experiencing this uh, this type of uh, situation that we have nothing to reach back on and, and use to compare to it. How has this coronavirus impacted your campaign? Are you, you out and about with a mask? What precautions are you taking personally? Yeah, well, we were we were actually uh, holding uh, quite a number of town halls, and we were getting you know pretty dang good turnout as we went around. And mm. uh, then all of a sudden, when this uh, broke and uh, what took place, we've pretty well gone down to doing virtual type things and being able to, to try to communicate through the computer as much as possible. But there's no question that you know we feel it's important to be able to get them out amongst the people. Uh, one of the things I've known for is to be uh, a very likable person and also very easy to communicate with. And this has really impacted that for us and all the other candidates. We're all in the, we're all in the same the, the same situation as far as this goes. So it has made it more difficult. One last question I want to ask is about another one of the candidates. It was just uh, revealed in great detail the other day in the Salt Lake Tribune that Blake Moore, uh, as it turns out, lives nowhere near uh, the district, and that for the past uh, decade and a half or so, he's been living uh, on the East Bench in Salt Lake City. Does that disqualify him? from representing those in Utah's 1st Congressional District? Well, I don't think it disqualifies him because, you know, the rules are you have to live in the state. And it was, you know, he's, he's playing by the rules. Now, I will turn around and say that, you know, the experience that you have, you know, working and being amongst the people become very, very important. Um, I know that uh, Blake Moore had made a, a comment on one of his literature, some of his literature saying that uh, his experience with the base was that as a boy he watched the planes take off. Uh, that's not real experience. Real experience is when you're able to be involved up to that base, to sit on you know a couple of national committees, to be involved with uh, some of the uh, inner inner workings of that base. And um, 
I think we have to be realistic on that. We do want someone who lives in this in this area. You, you don't understand it unless you've been part of it. We'll leave it at that. Bob Steverson, candidate for Utah's first congressional district. Sir, I wish you the best of luck. I'm grateful to you for your time here on the phone with me. So, Lee, I appreciate you. You guys have a good day. Stay safe. That's the way. Thanks a lot. Uh, Before I go, I want to talk to you about donating blood again. Uh, Earlier today, during this program, in fact, I got a voicemail uh, from ARUP Blood Services. They were calling me directly. I want you to hear what they said. I was just calling to thank you for donating with us in the past. I wanted to let you know we're in uh, much of your recent blood donation was used yesterday to save a patient over at one of our local hospitals. And we just wanted to say thanks for helping out. It made a big difference yesterday. We really appreciate your help with that. Did you catch that? They called me because the blood that I had donated at the beginning of this coronavirus scare uh, was used to, as the gentleman on the phone there described, to save a life. Now, I don't say that to, to, to boast or to brag about my uh, donating blood, but it is to remind you that there is still a need. And if you remember, there's that challenge I have extended to you that I would like this program each day to be responsible for the donation of at least one unit of blood. And you can donate blood at ARUP or the Red Cross, wherever. So I'd invite you to do just that. Hop on the computer, uh, make your way to either one of those two respective sites. You type in your zip code and they will direct you to where you can schedule an appointment. This coronavirus, of course, has canceled all of the blood drives around the country, thousands of them, as a matter of fact. When we spoke to the representative from the Red Cross, he told us about how thousands upon thousands of blood drives have been canceled. And with the cancellation of those blood drives, that by no means cancels the need of those who are benefited by donated blood. And man... Let me tell you, when I heard that voicemail, I saw it was in the middle of one of the segments. I looked down, I saw my phone ringing, and I saw that it was ARUP Blood Services, and it broke my heart. I had to press uh, decline because I was on the air. But as soon as I got to the commercial break, I pulled that message up, and I listened to it, and I got a big smile on my face for two reasons, knowing that I was able to, to help in some little way, and also that this organization would make that little gesture and let me know that, in fact, just yesterday... That the blood that I donated and I laid up on that reclining chair and they shoved that needle in my arm and they handed me the little stress ball heart to squeeze to make sure the blood kept pumping and it drained from my arm into the bag. That what I saw making its way through that tube there and landing in the bag, agitated on the little machine, ultimately made it to help someone just yesterday. A very cool thing. I'm grateful to ARUP for letting me know that I was able to help in that way. And I invite you to get online, schedule an appointment, donate blood, and help out. You can do it. It's pretty easy. That's it for today's episode of Live Mike. Thanks so much for tuning in tomorrow. I'll be back here at the same time, 1 o'clock, you and me on the radio. Next up, Maria Chaleos filling in for Jeff Kaplan.